I want to say well done, but they weren't well done. So that would, be, that would be a misleading. They were they they were prepared with with care. They were prepared with love. With love. That, well, Meat that's... tastes better when it's prepared with love. interested in seeing what beer, bourbon, and barbecue was up to, you can see all the exciting adventures on Instagram at beer underscore bourbon underscore BBQ. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the show and our adventures outside of podcasting. Be sure to check out our cool shirts and stickers available on our website, shopbeerbourbonbbq.com. Hey, welcome to Sauce on Beer, Bourbon, Barbecue. I'm Kevin, joined here by my fantastic co-host who hasn't been on for quite a while we've moved you up from a guest now you're you can now be a co-host of uh this show brad what's up what is up man first of all uh that's a pleasant surprise i I was not expecting to walk into that but uh yeah man it's been a while Uh, it has been a while i'm really happy to be to be back on i think yeah the last time i was on was uh our St. Paddy's Day pastrami episode, oh, like that was so good. Two and a half, three. I don't, it's, it's yeah. it was oh, like almost two years. But ago. hey, you know, it's that's life. Life. It is. Life has been crazy. It's, and uh, ha, wh- wh- where are we? What? <laughs> Something about you having a kid. Yeah. You know, oh throwing yeah. In the mix. So I'm I'm a dad now. Um, that's I suppose a thing that has come up. Uh, I drive I drive a Subaru now. <laughs> Those are kind of maybe a little, like interlinked in some. Subaru capacity. is better than a minivan, so it you is, know. and I can speak fairly confidently that that's something that won't probably happen. I'll still throw that I'm, probably I'm in there. Assuming but. at some point in time it'll happen in our family, but you know, you know, that's life. So our listeners are going to be like, Kevin, it sounds like you're eating you're something, something, and you have a rule on your podcast where there's no chewing while you eat the po- while you're doing a podcast. But mm. I don't care. This is delicious. Um, oh man! Tonight we have this is kind of a spur of the moment type thing. Uh, Brad, you and I were chatting uh, about wanting to sit down and record some stuff, and you're like, "Hey, I've got an idea for something." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, let's do it." Didn't really know what it was. We've been kind of talking about a, a new book. I guess it's not new as much, yeah. but it's still new, new to new. us. New to us. Got around to. Um, Aaron Franklin's Steak Book. Uh, which is an incredible book. Um, and it kind of made us want to sit down and try this tonight. So, Brad, talk about what, what you came up with here. And this is this is the idea that gets you co-hosting privileges on this show. So uh, anybody else who wants to be a co-host, you come up with an idea like this, and I'll... Uh, throw, throw a gold star their way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we are currently um, eating... We each get half of... Uh, one of two steaks. I have two New York strips. Um, well, one let's just of talk about how a New York strip is just so good too. New York, like I know, so everybody goes, like everybody, you know, uh, goes for the ribeye. Mm-hmm. People really love ribeyes, as they should. Ribeyes are super tender. You got the 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 cap, the spinalis on there, which is super awesome. But they can also be a little much. I think it's nice to mix it up because, like, obviously, like, yes, I do love that's probably my favorite of like the prestige steaks. But like, a strip is just like one muscle, whereas the ribeye is like actually like three different muscles. And like, sometimes when you're grilling, they can get a little unwieldy. Uh, sometimes it's nice just to keep, go back to basics and just kind of go with the strip. It's just one muscle. Yeah. So we've got 
two strip steaks here. One of them is completely 100% grass-fed, pasture-raised beef. The other one is not. It's, you know, it's it's uh, your standard strip steak. It was fain, It was fed a grain diet. Uh, and I thought it would be interesting just to try them side by side. I've had grass-fed steaks in the past. I really like them. I've had grain-fed, and I obviously also really like those. But it, I thought it'd be really cool to try them side by side since that's something that comes up a lot in Aaron Franklin's steak book. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I mean, I think you look at the meat market now, and I think, unfortunately, we've gotten very much towards the, I don't want to say processed meat because it's not processed meat, but it's almost kind of how we run it through. Like, we're great, we're raising cattle just for the purpose of having fat steaks, you know, with yep. very little marbleization in it because the cattle aren't working as much. They're not roaming around. They're in feed yes. feedlots. And, um, and it's unfortunate we've gotten to that point, and I'm not saying, and I don't want any of our listeners to think that we're upset with the meat market. I mean, obviously, it's how, it's how you have to kind of go when you need to feed as many people as you do with yep. as much meat as we need. Yep. Would I love to see everything go back to grass-fed? Oh, yeah. And I think that there's a big push right now in the barbecue world and in the meat world to go that route. Mm-hmm. But I think to feed the amount of people we have to, did we come up with the best practices? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And just from the three pieces I've had of both of these, you can taste the difference mm-hmm. in those. And we'll get to that in a minute, mm-hmm. but you were going to say something. Yeah, you know. And keep saying something because I'm going to keep eating some steak. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't begrudge you at all. Uh, you know, it's... it. It's something I've honestly been kind of struggling with a bit myself lately from a animal welfare ethic, humane standpoint, from a health of the planet standpoint, a lot of, you know, just a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, I, you know, but I also like, I have been trying to be like the healthiest person I can be as well. And that's been really important to me for a couple of years now. And um, I know like, there are some great plant-based proteins that are mm-hmm. out there. There's some great new options that are out there. But I do think animal-based proteins are the best, like, complete protein for a person. But then it's also like, oh, but these animals are being treated absolutely hellaciously. And it's bad for the planet. Yeah. So the thing, I the kind of place, the happy medium I've got is, well, just maybe eat less meat. I've kind of actually gone more, like, 80% kind of, like, pesca. I eat a lot of fish. Uh, a lot of, like, sustainably caught fish. But if I'm going to eat a steak, it's like, why sh- maybe let's get a happier, healthier cow? Because what they eat, we eat. Yeah. Um, so and when if your you get body it, is eating good stuff, you feel, you feel better. better. So that when the cannibals eat you, you know, you, they'll be happy. It's important to pass the, you know, you got to pass it forward, pay it forward. That's it. You got to pay it forward. Um, yeah, no. So I've been really trying to get like happier, healthier, better, like, grass-fed steaks. And obviously, you know, you're paying for that. It's oh, more yeah. expensive to to raise these animals that way because when they eat grass, it takes longer for them to mature and to fatten up. There's a reason cows that are fed grain get fat so quick because yeah. well, that's what corn does to animals and it's what, that's kind of what does corn to does to you, too. too. That's kind of that's what it does to people, too. <laughs> that's why there's no such thing as the Frito diet. That is the That would be frowned upon, I think, by many doctors. Um, but they're so delicious, Brad. I, so I it's funny mention. I think I had a Frito for the first time like a week like a week ago for the first time in many many years. They're great. Oh, <laughs> like, they're, they're so good. It's one of those things where, like oh that's terrible for you. Like, oh all right. This Side note, cool. love taking them hiking and when you get to your final destination like the 
either the turnaround point or where you're camping that night, just busting out a bag of Fritos. Oh, so good. But okay. They also make uh, good tinder. Yeah. <laughs> They're actually really good for starting a fire. Well, <laughs> and we should say too, Brad, while we're out here, just in case our listeners here, the air conditioner finally shut off. We are sitting out on your back patio. Mm-hmm. In the middle of July, and it's like 70-something degrees out. It's a little muggy, but it's, com- it's but comfortable. But it's beautiful. It's nice. It's nice. You fired up the grill, and it was smelling delicious. But mm-hmm. I think, let's dive into these. Like, yeah. Let's start talking about the difference in taste so, and color. Let's, let's start with the appearance. You know, when we, we talk whiskey, mm-hmm. we always look at the nose and the appearance of our whiskey first. So let's talk a little bit about what you noticed when you got these steaks. Um and kind of walk us through how you seasoned them, and we'll kind of go from there. So I wanted, since we were doing kind of like, not not a blind taste test, but just a taste test, I wanted to go just as kind of uh, blank canvas as possible. So for me, when I think, you know, blank canvas uh, painting, you got to put on the base coat, so salt. And that's really all, that's all I did with these. I did salt. I normally like to do like reverse, depending on what steak, what I'm cooking, I usually will do like a reverse sear, or I'll even like kind of like dry brine it in my fridge overnight to kind of get it nice and like kind of dry and desiccate so it sears really nicely. But for these, since they're thinner steaks, we've already had dinner. This is kind of like second, second dinner. Uh, this, I wanted to just do hot and fast. They're thinner, salt, that's it. Uh, the appearance, right off the bat, the grass-fed steak was very, very noticeably darker. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's what happens when you feed an animal the diet that it's supposed to eat. It's it's That's how it's supposed to look. Well, and I think it has something to do with, if you look at how grass-fed beef is, they're allowed to roam. Yep. Um, and you get a lot more of that blood to the muscles, which mm-hmm. causes the muscles to be a lot more red. Uh, just like with athletics or people who move, you know, like, when you look at their bodies, their muscles are a lot more thicker because there's a lot more blood that flows through it. Same more thing with cattle. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, so the marbling in both of them, uh, this for a grass-fed beef, and again, I'm trusting my butcher. I have no reason to not trust them. Uh, when he tells me that it's 100% grass-fed, then it's grass-fed, grass-finished. I believe him. This was a fairly well-endowed cow for it being grass-fed, which tells me it probably was a bit older. In America, you tend to not see that as much. Yeah. You tend to see much younger cows, and you see older cows coming from other countries. I really like that. Again, I don't, I'm don't. i purely speculating here, but just based on the marbling, it tells me it was maybe a little bit older. Um, and then the standard, the grass-fed strip, uh, it, it looked like a strip steak, you know. It was that kind of pinkish red, mm-hmm. had some decent marbling, had a good fat cap on the one side. Um, the flavor on them. Uh, well, and before you get there, yeah, I want to say something. Just looking at this, you look at the grass-fed grain on it, and you can see a lot more openness, a lot more juice pockets, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. And then you look at the grain or the uh, grain-fed. We'll just call it grass-fed grain-fed because mm-hmm. it's what it is. You'll notice it's a little bit less pockets of, like, grain, less uh, area, so, like, to have that juice and all that in there. Um, and I think the size difference, too. I mean, you look at the grass-fed, obviously, a little, you know, discrepancy because of how it was cut. Mm-hmm. But the grain is definitely a little smaller, or the grass-fed is a little bit smaller than the grain-fed. Mm-hmm. But... It's so much just, I don't even want to, like, liquid meat. 
Mm-hmm. Almost. It, and we'll I get hate to, the phrase like it melts in your mouth because yes. that's like whenever somebody says that, like I'm like, well, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> like, but it really, it's Kobe steak literally does melt it, in your that, mouth. It does. It really because it's like it's. 60% fat. But if I was ever going to be a cow, that's the kind of cow I'd want to be. They Those get to drink cows. sake and they get a massage every day. Those are happy, happy, happy cows. Um, yeah, the the um, the consistency is, you know, and like so I cooked both of these to the exact same temperature. You know, I had my thermopen that was, they were both right at like 130, medium rare. Um, but for just like looking at the color, the um, the gra- the grain fed steak looks a little more medium. I know it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tip the thermometer don't lie. Uh, but yeah, there's the the grass fed has a much deeper redder color. Um, yeah, and the flavor is like substantial. Yeah, it's just it's beefier and it what's it, not gamey because I know that word that word has a connotation to it, and I think mm-hmm. it can be off-putting. Um, I know a lot of people say that grass-fed steaks are ironier, um, and some and they can have that I think the lamb-y grass, flavor. The grass-fed has a much more minerally, but more, even on more this metallic, more metallic, but I don't mind that because I feel like it it, it fits very well with it. Like the, and I think maybe sometimes people, look, Cow, like grass-fed cows can be raised poorly too, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and if they're eating like not a well-tilled pasture or a pasture that's not being rotated or anything like that, like it might not taste good. It might be sinewy. It might be super like harsh and minerally. Mm-hmm. This is definitely not one of those. Oh no. Um, just chewing on the two different pieces. You chew on the grass-fed, and it just completely, like you said, the word you hate melts in your mouth you chew on the grain fed and you are chewing on a piece of meat like mm-hmm. i feel like i'm chewing on a piece of meat um i feel like the grain fed i'd really want to do like some taco with like you know just kind of throw some other stuff just kind of combat that chewiness of it mm-hmm. the grass fed i don't want anything done to it nope like, i want to just just eat it and i think the salt too like even the salt i taste more of the salt in the grain fed than I do the grass fed because I think the grass fed, the salt just kind of melts in it because it has more of that juice. I'm looking at the juice on my plate. The grass fed has more of that juice. The more the, you know, I don't want to call it blood because that's, I tell my wife it's not blood, it's, it's enzyme. My, yeah, it's myo, my, yeah, my, myo, myoglobin. Yeah, my, that's yes, exactly what yeah. I tell my wife it is. She's like, doesn't that just mean blood? And I said, no. No. No, it's not, a, no. No. But it's got more of that because I think it has just that juiciness factor to it. Um, holy crap. Yeah. The the grass food one is no longer on my plate. I got I, a little bit left of the... I'm trying the, to be very diplomatic with how I eat this. Uh, I, I gave up. Running, running a podcast while eating delicious meats. We've talked about this many a times. Right? Whenever you bring food over... Remember the brontosaurus ribs you brought the one time? That was my first time on the mm-hmm. beef ribs. God, I, actually, that might have been the last time I made those too. <laughs> That's mm. been a spell, but um, yeah. So, I I really like the grass fed, um, but I also really like like lamb and venison. And look, you know, I don't, I don't want to 
people to like get the wrong idea here. This did not taste like lamb. There was some mm. elements of that there. Um, just the fatty acid profile of grass-fed meat is going to be similar to that of lamb, just because lambs, most of the lamb in America is actually from like Australia, where m- most of them are grass-fed. So there's going to be some similarity there, because again, they're eating what they're supposed to be eating. Um, and I think people just aren't used to that here in America. They're mm-hmm. used to grain-fed cattle, which is very, very, very mild. That's great. I get to eat that. Um, I really like the grass-fed, and I, if anything, maybe I feel a little better about eating it, mm-hmm. too. Uh, if I can off, you know, maybe mitigate some of the damage, you know, am I making a huge difference? No, but it, nah, it makes me feel better about it. <laughs> I think kind of going back and forth between the two of them, you definitely can really taste the difference on it. And as someone who grew up not really knowing, you know, where that was coming from, I mean, just you'd go to the grocery store and you'd get whatever they had. There is something I will say, though, about the grain fed from a butcher as compared to what you'll get from the, you know, grocery store. I still think we are eating probably a lot better cuts and a lot better meat being, you know, this is grain-fed. And I think that's fine. You know, you're, if you're getting from a butcher, you're probably getting a better overall selection. They, they're they very, I feel like, exclusive when they come to picking their cattle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something we're seeing a lot more of a resurgence. And that's something that, you know, Aaron talks about in he spends a whole section uh, of his book talking about that, how we really are seeing a resurgence back to like whole animal nose to tail butchery. And the great thing about that is you're talking to someone who knows this animal very lit- mm-hmm. literally, very intimately inside and out, you know, yeah, you're, st- you're going to get your strips and your ribeyes and all that stuff, but you're getting so many other really cool, interesting that's butcher cuts for lack of a better description. You're getting things like the Bavette, or like the cool out of the I guess the picanho you'd see it like uh, Brazilian restaurants, uh, skirt flank uh, all you know tri tip all that stuff and like I think there's a lot to be said for all of the you know flat iron for a lot of these steaks that flat I, iron is I, I feel s- like a very underrated oh, kind yeah. of meat people sleep on it mm-hmm. absolutely um, again those like a lot of those so like the the bavette uh, or like the sirloin flap bavette is french so it just sounds well anything sounds better than sirloin flap meat <laughs> no, what do you have there a sirloin that is a, flap? that is i'm having flat meat what are you chewing on <laughs> oh, uh, i can see why you changed the name of that yeah yeah well again you know the french what are you going to do uh, so i i think those cuts are great they're, those are a lot of what you would like well again they're they have the, the bistro cuts mm-hmm. um uh, the petite tender uh, hanger steak. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff. I really like those. Uh, I I love don't I love me a a strip and I love me a ribeye, but those other cuts just have just I a lot of just a lot of character. Mm-hmm. And I and you can't always get those at you know your big box your grocery stores or Costco or places like that. You see them there from time to time. Yeah. Um, when you go to a butcher, you can ask them like, "Hey, I've had this. What do you recommend? Yeah. You know, what what's what's different? Uh, what do you have right now?" Um, and I think that's great that we're seeing a big comeback. Um, I know here in St. Louis, uh, a spot at Bolliards, uh, 
they're doing amazing things. They work with local farmers. They, you talk about somebody that knows where their their animals are coming from. They do. Um, yeah, they're really really knowledgeable, and I think that's great. Where you know, again, nothing against the the grocery chains. You know, they provide food to a lot of people, and like you know, it's really easy for us to mm-hmm. say like, oh yeah, go you know, go to your wherever to the butcher grass fed all that like there, there's a price tag on that oh, yeah. you know and that's not always sustainable for me and that's kind of why i eat less meat now because if i'm gonna be eating this i do want it to be better well it's for me and my family it's not sustainable oh, to yeah. do that every single day uh so and i don't think you enjoy it as much you know no, it's I not think, as special yeah and i think that it's so important to put a caveat on that like we're not saying go and just stop buying your meat from the grocery store because you're supporting a lot of people you're supporting Mm -hmm. farmers Mm -hmm. and i think if anything we're very pro farmer i want farmers to continue to succeed and do well Mm -hmm. and all that just you know we want the best for everything we want the best for our meat we want the best for our grains you know and i think it's a it's a a seesaw between like morality economics and um yeah yeah, those ethics and economics. They're very, very tricky. This was delicious. Yeah, man. As usual, Brad. Yeah. So, for me, you know, I, I, I'm I going all in on the, the grass, but oh, I, yeah. I think it had. It, it wasn't, it was, it. I know this steak was not, um, uh, What's um dry? It was not dry aged, mm-hmm. but it had some elements of that. Yes. Uh, just uh, not not funk, just like almost like a concentration of, of flavor, just very very beefy, and I really really like that. The other steak was outstanding too. Oh yeah. Um, your friends over here would like a piece of my steak. Can I oh yeah, we've got some. Uh, they they have not been promoted to co host yet, but yes, my two dogs, Luna and Quinn. I have a little are, bit of steak left. Can they each have a piece? They can absolutely have a piece of a piece of steak. There you go. And there you go. Enjoy. What do you two think? They seem. I'm eating the rest of. They it. seem quite pleased. The fact it's that they're me. still standing there. They, they know what a lemon is, mm-hmm. and they like if I even like put that in their general direction, they'll they'll go away. They they know, they know what they like. I mean, I feel bad for them because they had to sit here and watch me eat this whole thing. So. Eh, that's that, that's a good chunk of their lives. Honestly, they're pretty used to it at this point. All right, it's all gone. There you go. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Good. I'm glad. Well, Brad, I think this was an excellent little test Mm -hmm. um, to see the difference of them. I I would love to, at some point in time, we'll have to do it blind and see if we can really really kind of get into that. Um, But I think that Franklin book on steaks is just incredible to think of steaks. I mean, I think... A lot of people just think, oh, just throw them on the barbecue pit and all that. But there's so much more that you can do with it. So much deeper you can get into it. I, yeah, I remember you know when he had announced that he was writing a, he was coming out with a companion book to, to his Franklin barbecue book, and it was just gonna be Franklin steak. Like I know there was a lot of people that were like, well, okay, like what? When, when what, have you done steak? That's kind of what I felt like. Yeah, like what you know? What more can you? What can you? How can you write a whole book about about steak? And it's like, okay, well, having read his first book and just knowing what I know about the guy, like, it's it's not it's not gonna be a cookbook. Mm-hmm. He's you know he's gonna get into the ethics of raising of raising uh, cattle, uh, the 
the butcher. He's going to get into just all the di- the different. It's cuts. a deep dive on it. He really yep. sits down and he becomes... the breeds. He talks about like the all the different breeds. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah, it's an awesome book. I'm just a big food nerd, so I just and his writing style is fantastic. So I really recommend picking it up. It's it's a cool read if you have any interest in again, not even just steak, but like a lot of it is kind of devoted to like farming, which yeah. I've been surprisingly fascinated by. Yeah, and I think it's just understanding where where your food comes from, understanding how you get it, the whole food cycle of how we get it and he just dives into it and just really truly understands it more than I've ever thought about it you know I, I think a lot of people just think oh I'm going to go to the grocery store I'm going to the butcher and just going to get it but where does it come from prior to there and I think especially now as we're in this time of where we did have a meat shortage I, I never really I mean you saw it but mm-hmm. was it a true meat sh- shortage you couldn't get certain cuts, things like that. But I never felt like there wasn't meat on yeah. on shelves. You could find something. Um, but just kind of understanding that whole process a little bit more and understanding, you know, how, how this comes about, it's so interesting to kind of see, see the difference between us, see how we're getting this, um, the differences in the meat and, I mean, I appreciate you coming up with this idea, Brad. It was a great one. Yeah, I think it was it was a good exercise. I, it, everything you just said, 100%, you know, uh, people, you know, uh, I think people can take things for granted sometimes. Uh, it's, you know, it's easy to just pick up, a, you know, a cryovac, you know, styrofoam plate with a piece of meat in there. It's like, oh, that's just a steak. It's like, well, no, that, that's part of an animal, you yeah. know. Uh, and that, there's a lot of thought that needs to go into that. I want grass-fed moose next. <laughs> I've I, so I've I've had a lot of different animal proteins. Moose is not one of them. Uh, I would like to try that. I've had um, I've had bear. Uh, that that's one of the, the. I've heard it's very gamey, and I would actually expect that to be gamey. The but the bear that I had was. Oh, I'm saying the moose is game. Oh, Not the I bear. got you. Bear, bear was interesting. It, it was, it wasn't bad. I, I, I don't know if it's something I'd want. All Some the time, bear stew. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Meg, I'm having like flashbacks of uh, Red Dead Redemption too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's exactly where I was going with that. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would love to have moose. I would suspect moose is probably pretty, pretty out there. Moose um, is pretty... elk is outstanding. I love elk. I've gotten to do moose once. Um, and it was shipped in from Alaska. It was wasn't fresh. I mean, like relatively speaking. Not a lot of moose uh, no. roaming around Missouri. No, <laughs> not. Uh, but it was just it is just a tough cut. I mean, because you got to think that moose is they do a lot of work. Six hundred pounds of just pure, and yeah. that's a small moose, probably six hundred pounds. You're probably looking at nine hundred something pounds of pure I, I muscle. I couldn't even tell you. Like, I know they're just oh, they're just, absolutely massive, and they're fast and huge and kind and of angry terrified did you, did you see that video of the, like it plowing through the snow uh-huh. good god man uh-huh. um I, yeah i haven't haven't had moose I'd, I'd like to have moose i don't yeah i think you, if you are able to get a moose i think it's pretty safe to say that's probably a grass-fed animal. i would i would assume so <laughs> it just makes sense yeah so. but brad i appreciate you uh cooking these steaks very i want to say well done but they weren't well done. So that would, be, that would be a misleading. They were they they were prepared with with care. 
They were prepared with love. With love. That, well, Meat tastes better when it's prepared with love. Always for you, my yes. friend. Well, Brad, thanks very much for uh, doing this for us. Uh, if people want to follow you uh, anywhere... Yeah, uh, you know, you can always uh, say hey to me on the, on Instagram at uh, Brad Loves Bacon. It's a, it's a name that has stuck, has blasted well, the test of the test of time. It's true, uh, Brad it's, does love bacon. I do love bacon. It's it appropriate, and thank my wife for that one. It's a, it's a heck of a handle. But yeah, at Instagram or Instagram at Brad Loves Bacon. Cool, Brad. Thanks again for uh, doing this, and uh, we'll we'll have you back quite often now. I'm hoping. Yeah, Hopefully man. those things kind of get back to some sort of normalcy. I was going to say, I haven't had much else to do lately. <laughs> Why, I know. Why not, you know? Yep. And on that, we hope you stay sauced on beer, bourbon, and barbecue.